Come, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> so um, I mentioned that uh, we started out with the covenant and um, living the covenant, entering into the covenant of joining our lives together. And a prerequisite is um, the mission to, to, to spread the good news um, and to join our lives together. And then really the fundamental one, uh, the first one is to live a holy life <clears throat> um, and without, without holiness of life, without seeing the Lord high and lifted up, <clears throat> um, we can't be, we can't enter into the covenant. So, um, <clears throat> individual holiness, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit, and then we're also going to talk about corporate holiness. And um, and one of the one of the things I want to say about corporate holiness is the importance of worship, the importance of having time you all to stand together as one and lift up the mighty one, the Lord of your life, and to do that together. And, and what I have found to be true, and it's really, I can't explain it totally, but I think you know what I'm talking about, that when you when you stand up together and you begin entering into the presence of the Lord together, that the Lord is knitting you together as a body, that there's something going on in the room that is of the spirit, that you are coming to him as one. And in community life, we we haven't been able to find the time to do that and i'm not i'm not necessarily commenting on your life i'm commenting on the life that we have as a community in st paul but we need to find more time for that also <clears throat> we need to find time um to worship god individually uh, if you play guitar or play piano or just sing, there's something about coming before the Lord in your prayer and presenting yourself to him. And it might be the action of, the, of your body. It might be kneeling. What, what I do is, is I wake up in the morning. I go out and put on the coffee because coffee is a is a big part of this <laughs> you know uh, you know, write that down <laughs> maybe it's tea but if you're from scotland um, <laughs> um uh, but I, I i make the coffee and and when the coffee is being made and that smell is, no, no, I won't go on. I kneel. So I get up, 
put the coffee on, and I kneel. And the coffee is being made, and I'm kneeling. And I don't do this every morning, but I try to sing. No one is up. I try to sing. I lift my voice to the Lord. Now, <clears throat> do I want to kneel? No. Do I want to sing? No. But there's something, there's something about this that's, that's involved with setting yourself apart to be holy. When I was a kid <clears throat> in eighth grade, I was caught with uh, three or four other guys drinking and smoking in the locker room. Have I told you about this? <laughs> I thought so. So, <clears throat> so the nun, Sister Amelia, knocked on the door, and we flushed the, the things down the toilet, and we opened up the door. What are you guys doing? Nothing. You know, it's cloudy. <laughs> you know. So uh, we marched up. She marched us up to Sister Janine, the principal. And Sister Janine said in her wisdom, you know, as I look back on it, I think she was kind of winking to the other sisters. Like, we're going to. We're going to get these guys. We're going to, we're going to help them out. You're going to have to call your parents. And you're going to have to tell them what you were doing and that uh, they need to pick you up. Special trip. You know, I was kind of like kicked out of school, which wasn't all bad. <laughs> so, um, so my big fear is I was sitting there on that bench waiting for my parents to come was getting kicked off the basketball team. That was like, <sighs> I didn't want that to happen. So, so my, my dad came and, um, and we got in the car and there was a fair bit of silence as we drove about the seven, eight miles home. And, um, and, and he said, Ed, <clears throat> You're better than this. You know, you're, you're better than this, Ed. And, you know, of course, I started crying. And, and I was expecting him to be the hard man. The guy with the one talent said, I knew, I knew you were a hard man. You know what the problem was? He didn't know God. He didn't know God because God is not a hard man. And my dad wasn't a hard man. <clears throat> and, um, and so that is, that is the God we have. And, and I think back to the parable of the prodigal son. And here is the father looking out and waiting for the son. I mean, this is such a beautiful, amazing parable that God is not the hard man. And if you look at the parable before that in Luke 14, 
you see the parable of the lost sheep. That God looks for us, searches out, finds us, brings us back. I mean, how can I believe that he's a hard man? But I do. I still do, sometimes. But God is trying to convert my heart. And in some ways, he's trying to convert your heart. Maybe not that. Maybe you're not stuck on thinking he's a hard man. But we all need holiness. We all need conversion. We all need to, be, to set our life aside for him. <clears throat> so, um, so the prodigal son had a very imperfect repentance. Imperfect conversion, if you will. Because he said contrition, imperfect contrition. Because he, he said, well, I'm starving. I need warmth. I need food. I need companionship. I've been abandoned. I can just be a slave. I mean, my dad treats his servants better than I'm being treated right now. What kind of a what kind of a love is that? You know, you, you know, if you think about it, if if you were were to look at your spouse and think if they came to you and said, you know, I've I've come back to you. Uh, why? Because I'm hungry. I'm. You know, not even that I'm lonely. I, I, I'm hungry. I, I, I didn't really come back for you. I mean, I mean, isn't that kind of what the son was saying? Even the servants have it better. And yet, our father was out there looking and waiting and put on the dog for this son even with this imperfect contrition. Have you ever had an experience of the holy? I talked a little bit about worship in community, and I've certainly had, had the experience of the holy during worship, that there's something beyond me in the room. There's something beautiful in the air. And that something beautiful is, is real, and it's personal, and it's affecting my heart. I remember the first time I was traveling in a band, and there was the guy who ended up arranging uh, our music. <clears throat> um, and I just looked in his eyes, and I just saw this humility and and this love for Jesus, and I was just kind of struck by his holiness. Have you ever had that, have that experience? On a certain occasion, people ask a lawyer coming from Lyon, returning from Ayers, France, what he had seen there. And he said, I saw God in a man. St. 
John Vianney. I saw God in a man. John Vianney said, if we would do for God what we do for the world, my dear people, what a great number of Christians would go to heaven. We are, we are holy for one another. We are holy in obedience to God. We are holy for our own life because in holiness you have the best life that you could have. We are also holy because we're destined for heaven. <laughs> and in order to get into heaven, we, of course, need not to live a perfect life, because we don't. We need the blood of Jesus to pour over us, and we need to receive his blood and his sacrifice for us, and then we will, through him, enter into heaven. And do you agree with me that we don't think enough about heaven? I certainly don't. I don't think about heaven enough. But I think we should, I encourage myself and you to think about heaven more. Every talk has just a little bit of Lewis, okay? Every talk has to have a little bit of Lewis. Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. If you read history, you will find that Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become ineffective here. I think that's, that's true. The first scripture that I think of when I think about holiness being set apart is this one from Isaiah. Then I said, woe is me, I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now I think that's Isaiah thinking God is the hard man up to that point, okay? Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in its hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is forgiven. And I think therein is the key to us breaking through into the realm of holiness, <clears throat> forgiveness, realizing how good God is, realizing that we owe everything to him, realizing that he loves us and forgives us, 
And can you believe that verse that he has thrown our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more? I mean, these are the things that we need to think about, that we need to meditate upon. And then we will begin to trust him in a, in a deeper way. What we think and what we speak matters a great deal. You know, matters a great deal. I, I shared some prophetic word in the last talk, and I, I'm sharing some prophetic word now because I think it's a blessing, but also I, I want to use it and set it before you as an example of how I, I would encourage you to pray and to encourage one another in the prophetic word. It's one of the great blessings we have as charismatic, as a charismatic community. So the prophetic word then, I have created you to be a holy people, a light to the nations. I mean to do mighty work through you, my people. And that is the word that I have felt for you. I want you and I have chosen you to be my holy people. I love those first couple words. I want you. I want you. Last night, I, I shared the verse from Luke. I am eager to share this meal with you. The, the kind of love and care that God has for us, we need to grow into understanding and realizing. Choose, okay, I, I want you and I have chosen you to be my holy people. Choose holiness. I say to you, choose the way of the cross. Ouch. <laughs> holiness does not come outside of the cross. It must contain the cross. My people, do not be afraid of the cross. Receive the cross, my people. Receive it. Don't be afraid of the cross. Choose the way of the cross. Choose self selflessness. Choose humility. Choose submission to my word and to one another. I say to you now, you will be surprised at what I do. You will be surprised at who I choose to do it through. I will glorify myself through those whom you would consider the least. And you know, I understand that you'll think it's unfair that I say this because I'm a coordinator in the community. I'm standing up here speaking to you. But you know what? The main person here today is not the person speaking up here. It's not Brad who's up here. I mean, just because someone has a position of leadership, that doesn't mean that they are most important in the body.
God, you will be surprised who God uses. And a lot of times, it's, it's the word that somebody said to you out here over at the tables that was the most important thing in the whole weekend. It wasn't anything that happened here, right? You know, so let's realize that the body is a beautiful thing. <clears throat> so. How do... How do I pursue a holy way of life? Sometimes it's good, and I, I'm sure you do this in your small group, but sometimes it's good to just hear what somebody else does. How do you follow the Lord? Okay? So I'm just going to give you um, just kind of ABC. Okay? This is, this is what I try to do. Daily prayer time. If possible, begin your day by prayer. And, and I use the word set aside time for prayer. And that set aside shows an act of the will and, in a sense, an engagement in a battle. Set aside time for prayer because we all know that we're bad at prayer. <laughs> right? We miss prayer. I miss prayer. Hopefully there's a, there's a plan B, right? But, but we, need to, we need to work at it. We need to keep working at it and keep, I, I mean, it is one of, those, one of those questions that be you in a, in a women's group or a men's group or a couple's group. It's a really important question. How's your prayer? You know, how, are you doing it? What's the Lord saying in your prayer? You know, that sort of, those sort of questions. So, um, holiness of life, set aside time to prayer. Um, participate in the liturgical life. We are Catholic. We are blessed. I mean, there, there's, there's been so much amazing infusion by the Protestants into the Catholic Church, not the least of which is the saint I referred to just a few minutes ago, right? So many beautiful saints have come out of the tradition, out of the Protestant tradition. But you know what? It's just amazing that if you have a topic that you need help with, the Catholic Church has volumes on that topic. I mean, we just have such a rich tradition. And so following Jesus through the liturgical year is a beautiful thing. I'd encourage the Liturgy of the Hours. I pray the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, attending a church, including its, her sacraments, especially the Eucharist and penance, uh, confession, reconciliation. Study the scriptures. Um, that's a means to holiness. Study the scriptures. Find a way to study the scriptures. And, and it may be just reading the office of readings. Beautiful readings, psalms, readings, and then something from a church father or saint. That's a beautiful way 
to incorporate the church, her, her, um, her wisdom, and the scriptures. And then practices, practices, self-denial, fasting. I'd encourage you to fast one day a week. Uh, for most of the year, I fast one day a week. That means no food until dinner. That's, that's the way I do it. How you do it is how you do it. Great. But, I th but, but some of these ancient practices are important for holiness. Expressive praise. I talked about singing in the morning when you have your prayer time. Uh, but expressive praise is such a blessing and a, such a doorway into, into the Lord's presence and his holiness. Um, pray for your gatherings. Pray that the Lord will bless the worship in your gatherings. And then... Um, Growth in Christian character, well, humility, the fruits of the Spirit, patience, kindness. G.K. Chesterton said, let your religion be less of a theory and more of a love affair. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to invite Leslie to come up again. So, more self-revelation from me. Went to confession this afternoon. So I really don't remember how I've struggled with this. I can just go back and sit down. <coughs> no, not true. I'm not going to tell you what I confessed, though. <laughs> not going there. Um, I did not grow up with this image. I grew up with a cross that had butterflies on it because we all know Jesus rose from the dead. And um, so I grew up Lutheran. And the gift of that was I have never, I don't think I really have ever questioned whether or not God loves me. He's real. And he loves me, and I'm his. And I've just never, don't have a big conversion story. I never left that, and I just lived with that my whole life. And the picture that I have of me as a little girl is just kind of running around, and the sun is shining on my head, and I'm just loved, which that's really great. Um, and so that's a gift that I think I was given. So then when I became a Catholic, and there's so much talk about suffering. <laughs> the only way to be holy is to suffer and go through the cross. I read this book that, you know, you cannot escape. Jesus made a way through the cross. And we walk be with him through the cross. You can't go over it, around it, under it. You can't avoid it to the resurrection. And that's absolutely true. But when I looked at my life, um, the other gift that I've had is I, I haven't really had a lot of very deep, hard suffering. Maybe I just didn't see it because I was too busy looking at the butterflies. I <laughs> just really clueless. Um, but I really, I don't think I really have. 
And so I, I would have friends going through grueling things um, in community, women in my small group just going through horrible things. And I would just be thinking, God, do you love me? You know, I'm not really hurting here. Um, and it, it kind of affected my relationships with some women. And um, it was hard to share because I felt like, you know, my kids are all happy and they love me and they love the Lord and they're marrying well and my life is going really well. And so I just, I felt shallow and I felt kind of like, you know, what is this? But grateful and always still feeling like the Lord loves me. And so two things. One is I, I have felt like what the Lord has worked in my life and has been telling me is, yes, I do love you just as you are, but would you please do something? <laughs> you know, I don't have to work to earn his love, but I still need to do, I need to change. I do need to do something. So, so the suffering in my life I'm growing to see isn't, uh, it's really, I think suffering is just things that happen in your life that you don't like, that you would like to change that um, bump your cup, and then you see what's in there. And I really, I told you earlier, my life didn't get bumped very often. So when I was single, I think I, I thought it was really holy. You know, I was, I was in a full-time ministry. I was traveling and singing and part of, part of this ministry in Iowa, and I, I was giving it all for God. And some of you are doing that, and you can. When you're single, you just give it all. And I had, I had nothing to hold back, really. It was just me, and I could give away all my money if I wanted to, and I could give all my time, and I could just give my life for God. And I had been doing that for a long time. I had been on, on a, a summer team and traveled. I would worked at Bible camps. I had you know, just done all these things for God. And I think that was really good, and it was, it was generous, and it was a way that in my, in my single life, I had really given my life to the Lord. But still, when I was home, I could eat what I wanted and sleep when I wanted and get up when I wanted, and I did my own laundry and could take a walk, and, you know, my time was still pretty much mine, <laughs> And um, so even though I was really pursuing the Lord and really giving my life to him, there was still a lot of my life that I really was mine. So for me, my vocation, I mean, not everyone gets married, but my vocation ended up being marriage. And, and again, from my back previous story, I, one of the things that drew me to becoming Catholic was I wanted to be a nun because I thought decisions made, don't have to deal with these relationships, don't have to own anything. I wanted to be poor. I just wanted to be free. And I think it was the freedom that was attracting me. Like, I'll just own nothing, and I'll just be all out for God, and I won't have to struggle with giving myself to the Lord. It'll just be easy. Um, ask any nun. <laughs> it's not true. So that's, that kind of led me into pursuing the Catholic Church because there aren't any Lutheran nuns. So, 
the Lord didn't call me into that. My first year of marriage, I thought, why didn't you? (laughs) Because now I'm not holy anymore. I thought marriage wasn't good for me. All these things were coming out that I didn't even hit me in the back of the head. Where did that come from? And why am I not happy? And this isn't good. And it was an invasion. It was a real invasion into the things that I that really mattered. You know, like going on the road and singing and doing concerts and giving away my money and all that. That was all fine. But that wasn't really what I was holding. What I was holding was my time, my life, my stuff, and I don't want to do all your laundry. And I don't want to get up now. And I don't want to eat that. <laughs> you know, there's these things that you just have to say yes to when the Lord brings you into a vocation where it's kind of like, okay, now the school begins, the school of love. And it doesn't have to be marriage. It could be whatever he calls you into. But whatever he calls you into is going to be that school. My kids used to come home from school with their homework They'd be so mad. Why did she give us this homework? We can't do this. I don't know how to do this. She didn't explain it. And they'd be so frustrated. But if they were really good students, they would have said, this is so great. I am so glad she gave me all this homework because now I know what I don't know. And I can go back tomorrow and learn. No, but they didn't feel that way. And I didn't feel that way in this school of love that I was in. And so I think um, St. Teresa of Lisieux is so great because she talks about how grateful she was for her sin because it drove her to the Father's love. I am so glad I'm not perfect because now I can really experience his love and his mercy and I can know how I need Jesus. So I had gone through my whole life singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and I believed it. And I was so grateful, and I loved Jesus so much, but I didn't know what he had died for in me. And so it was really through the Catholic Church, through marriage, through community, because I also then was bumping up against women in relationships and having to work things out, and it was so hard, and I just, you know, again, I was thinking, these relationships are just, women are so complicated and so sensitive, and I I just, so I don't want to do women's ministry. I don't want to pastor women because they're just too hard. Can I just pastor men? (laughs) You can just tell them stuff. (laughs) You just tell them stuff, and they don't get all sensitive and hurt. Um, Nope. So anyway, I've learned through really a lot through um, women's group and different groups that I've been in. And now I have this amazing gift of being in a small group. I've been in some groups that have just been really hard and haven't really, haven't really worked great. Um, Sometimes, um, I mean, I loved them and we loved each other, but we just didn't really, you know, it wasn't like complementary differences. Um, we, we worked through it, you know, but it wasn't like this amazing group for me. And now I'm in a group where we are so different, really different. 
But for some reason, it's working. And we can look at each other and say, oh, I need you. Because these women don't love who I love. They don't care about what I care about. They'll be talking about something or someone, and I'll be like, who cares about that? <laughs> but I'm like, I should. And so they have taught me so much about how to love and how to, how to grow. And, and, and so I would say one of the main ways that I have grown in holiness is being around these women and, and really all along women who are older than me and younger than me who are different than me, and, and you just become like the people you hang out with. So there are times when I'll be going through something and I'll think, well, like now, I'm in a season of my life where my kids are grown, I have a lot of free time, I'm not working, don't be jealous. It's coming. <laughs> Your children will grow. <clears throat> but I, have, I do have a lot of time to myself, and sometimes I have to just make myself think, okay, what is Ann Kohler doing right now? What would she be doing right now? She's older too, and she's just steady. She's just steady and constant and not moody, and she's just faithful. And I know there's things that I do with the way I am that she needs as well. So I just have these women that I could just kind of think, okay, okay, you know. And I've been around these women for a long time. I've learned hospitality, what it is and what it isn't. Um, all kinds of things. So um, holiness isn't just a, doing a bunch of stuff for God or saying a lot of prayers. Or um, the, I think the practices and the holy things that we do um, bring us to a place where we experience the love of God, and that's really holiness. Perfection in love, being able to love and to receive love is very holy. And community is a place where the Lord uses to work that, you know, kind of like kneading dough. He works that into our life. And it takes time, and I've just found it to be a really amazing gift. So that's me. Thank you.